0: It's Six Pack Lapidat. We got another episode of KOTL. This time we're going to have Gustav Hedlin of Sweden. He's just coming off of a big silver medal performance in his very first world championships in the Open class. Sweden hosted the world championships. Um, I mean, they had an all-star cast. Team Sweden, what they did at the World Championships in Sweden, you know, there's always pressure when you're the host nation to step up to the plate, bring in either medals, world records. Uh, I mean, they had world champions all over the place. So Gustav was right in the mix of it because his class, the 93-kilo class of all the men's classes at least, was easily the most heavily hyped. It was a murderer's row. You, you finished in top five. And you're doing good. And Gusev, because it's the homeland, had pressure to pull off a major performance. He was right in the mix, netted himself a silver medal overall, went 9 for 9, not missing a single lift. In terms of your debut in the Open World Championships, I mean, that's as good as you get. He was entering as the reigning junior world champion, so there was a lot of pressure on him and he performed. So I want to talk to him about that. Before we get underway, quick shout out, help me pay the bills now, visit FusionMuscle.com and use promo code KOTL25, get 25% off of all of your supplements, everything you take, you know if you listen to this podcast, you smash weights, you know if you smash weights, you use supplements, now this time of year, I sure as shit don't want to be showing up at a store Drop those off right off at your house, 25% off on top of that. Use FusionMuscle.com. They got everything you need from pre-workout to multivitamins to protein, whatever, creatine. It's all in there. Shop online at FusionMuscle.com and use promo code KOTL25. Give your boy a bit of a kickback so we can pay the bills around here. With no further ado, let's get the show on the way.
1: Come in.
2: Can you hear me?
0: I can sir, I can sir. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, I'm good.
0: Excellent. <laughs> I am good. Excellent, my friend. So how are things? How is training going?
2: It's good, it's good. It's, uh, Do you it's like it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It
2: was... Yeah? I no, it's good, it's good. I'm... It's been it's,
0: it's been a minute since we talked. The last time we had a conversation, I believe was leading into the World Championships. In uh, the home country, Sweden,
2: yes, uh, we did it like uh, a month before Worlds, yeah, when we were three guys.
0: And it was, it was, I mean, the 93 kilo class leading into that world championships was about as heavily hyped as you get. That was, um, in terms of at least, at very least, the men's, it was the most heavily hyped that and the women's 72 kilo. I want to talk to you about that. It's not every day. The World Championships comes to your home country and it's it wasn't just the fact that the World Championships came to Sweden, but and you were representing Sweden, but you were in probably the most heavily hyped when we just for people to know, when we were in the arena, if you asked anybody which of the men's classes they want to watch, it was 93s. Everybody wanted to watch the 93s. In terms yeah. of the crowd and, and how many people showed up, other lifters who are already competing or going to compete showed up to watch the 93s. What was that like when you when it rolled around like the week of and we did that preview show and we got so much feedback from that? Did you yeah. feel what was it like the week of? Did you start getting like a little bit of pressure, performance anxiety? What was that like?
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of pressure. Um, in, in like you put expectations and you put them on yourself and you want to perform. Uh, so I actually felt like I took it a bit too. Maybe I scared myself up because I was like quite nervous at the competition day um, So, but it was fun. It was really fun when it, got, when it got over, but in the like the squats I remember I was really nervous uh, For some reason even though I've been competing on for four years. Yeah, uh, but it was uh, but It was uh, very fun to to get the hype going what, and stuff.
0: Was this like by far the most Pressure you had in a competition to date?
2: Like this is yeah. the biggest
0: yeah. Even because definite, it, it not only was your first like did the world championship come to Sweden, this is your first world championships in the open as well. Yes. So there's a whole nother level. What's the difference? Was there a big difference between being in the juniors and the open? Like I <laughs> I've commentated the world championships um, a few times, obviously. and um, the junior <laughs> the juniors are fun. The juniors are a lot of fun. But when the open starts it's like everyone's like oh my god two days to <laughs> yeah. the open
2: it's yep. a different level
0: it, it, did the... you feel that were you like holy smokes this feels different than any other year
2: yes yeah, uh, you can't miss lifts then you don't end up on the podium and of course it's like the gold medals at the juniors it's maybe like one or two guys who are good so it's like, it, it, the, the medals doesn't count as much as the, in the Open class. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely like a little bit of a game changer.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so you, like you up.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's, did you like, the, the week of, did you feel that tension in terms of rolling around the world, like the Open championships? Did you feel when people seen you walking around, like, there's a difference also between when you're a junior and you're walking around the arena, people may or may not know who you are. Yeah, I mean, you're junior, people may or may not. When you walked around in Sweden, and you're probably in the most heavily hyped weight class there was, and people knew the battle you were about to have, did it feel a little different when people saw you, and were like, oh shit, there's Gustav. This is, that's the big show.
2: Yeah, it, it felt, it felt differently, definitely. And of course, most, but the most reason was because it was in Sweden. I think. Yeah. So the biggest difference. But otherwise I, I didn't come down until like, I came down just the day before the competition. I fly down and so I didn't walk around so much, but I, it was a bit of a different feeling. Like now it's in a certain way, now it's for real. Yeah. The The competition is for real this time compared (laughs) to like junior and
0: stuff. And when you show up at an, at the at the arena that is held at, and they have a big, huge banner of Isabella von Weisenberg on there. On bus mm-hmm. stops, we take the bus to the venue from the airport, and there were like bus stops with, with posters of the World Championships of Powerlifting. When yes. you sh- when you show up in town, was it like holy shit? This is this is big. Like, did you did you feel performance pressure um, because it's in Sweden and you're part of the Swedish team?
2: Yeah, a bit, a bit. But most, of course, is I put it on myself. It was not like, of course, Eddie Berglund bombed out in 66. Yeah. So I was the last, basically the last person who had the opportunity to take an open medal. uh, In the men's team. So, of course, it became a bit of a pressure because of that. Yeah. But otherwise, the pressure was more like I put on myself that I want to do that I want to do well and hit PB's and stuff. And, and they hit my lips. And you and Eddie are tight. You and Eddie are
0: friends. Um, you, like, yeah. you you, you and Eric are friends. Um, when when you saw, like, for instance, Eddie bomb out, and Eddie was a favorite to medal, a phenomenal yeah. lifter himself, possibly win it. And um, when you see something like that, and you're already a little nervous. Like, you, you, if you're not nervous, you don't care. Like, if you care, you're, you're gonna be a little nervous. And yeah. like, when you see something yeah. like that happen to a close friend like Eddie, does it rattle you a little bit, or are you like, holy shit, man, this is like the worst-case scenario. <laughs> yeah, and I
2: was like, shit, because his little sister bombed out as well, in oh, junior. Oh, no, I didn't know that! In squats. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, he bombed out as well, and I was like, shit. And it was like, obviously, in bench, his best his best uh, part, but... Yeah, uh, yeah so, I, so I was like, shit, now, now they're gonna ask me for, oh, you have to take the open medal and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah So oh, of course it was a little bit but, but andy was like oh they had the new eleko bench yeah. like they have a different different pad and he was like you oh, we got different connection and stuff but i <laughs> yeah i it was uh it was sadly bond out yeah
0: yeah for sure especially sweden has become in terms of powerlifting uh like just looking at these european championships in the 83s, in the obviously yourself in the 93s. I mean, 83s, um, I keep messing up his name. If it's Ericsson Carl or Carl Ericsson?
2: Eric Carlson.
0: Eric Carlson. Uh, I mean, he's breaking world records in, in, yeah. in the Open World Championships. Um, I mean, he's a contender. Him and Owen Hubbard are going to do battle. Obviously, Isabella no. von Weisenberg, um, Ida Ron in the juniors. Um, you got Eddie, you got yourself. Uh, Emil Nordland like, did Sweden become a powerhouse when it comes to powerlifting?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah we have good, a uh, very good open team for the males this year. Yeah, very good. Like, I, I feel- think the the, the females uh, Idarun were is a uh, male contender. Yeah, for, for sure. Years, so. For sure. But uh, yeah, but otherwise we didn't have so many in the women's class. I think in the top uh, five uh, ranking. Yeah. But in the match, we have eight, we have 66, uh, 74, uh, 83, 93,
0: and 105. Yeah, I mean, you guys are stacked right now, and, and a lot of these guys who were juniors are going into the open and starting to age into the open now, and it's okay. it's a bit of a preview for the world championships. Um, and I know leading into Sweden, into the worlds of Sweden, there's a lot of people who are sleeping on the Europeans. Didn't, yeah. give, didn't give enough just do do you feel like the Swedish world championships opened up some people's eyes that they gotta stay, start paying more attention to the European championships and see who's coming
2: yeah yeah. I think they, of course that many maybe, it's maybe people in America don't really think about Europeans so much but the Europeans is like example for the in the 93 kilo class both me and Anatolia are going again yeah. In the, it's a rematch. So it, it, it will be worlds again. Yeah. All so, over, yeah. It will be world class in the 93. Yeah. And it will almost world class in the other as well.
0: Yeah. Well, they were all, no matter what, if not, um, like, returning world champions, there's tons of world record breakers. There's tons of, like, like, Leah Bavois from 63 Kilo from France breaking the squat world record. Like, you have... Everybody, in and uh, Ida Ron moving in, like, she's a world champion as well. There's a lot of people that um, either broken world records or world champions or, like, medal that world. It's all world class, for sure. Um, yeah. Going back to Sweden, so, because it was so heavily hyped, I remember seeing you backstage in the warm-up room. What was it like? This is, this is right before. I remember, uh, like, I rem- as, as a commentator, when 93s rolled around, I... I'm not lifting. And I was like, oh, I feel tension. I feel the energy. Like it was, you you can tell. Like you, you don't get over it. Like you could just feel, you look around the warm-up room, you're like, holy shit, there's Anatoly, there's Gustav, there's Wilson, there's like everybody, the gang's all here. And yeah. um, and I remember being like, I can't imagine what it'd be like being one of you guys. And I remember I talked to you briefly. And you can't move in your legs. You were, you were like, oh yeah, all right. I can tell you, 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 you were a little a bit of nervous energy going through your body. Um, we had a brief conversation, but do you remember? Do you remember that? And do you remember how you felt in the warm-up room? It hadn't started yet. And sometimes the nerves calm down once you start lifting, but you hadn't started lifting yet, and it was about to happen. And it's like, all right, ten minutes out.
2: What was the feeling like? It was, it was... I was very nervous, like, oh, I'm gonna bomb out, because many people had bombed in-depth in squat and stuff like that, because uh, actually today I saw, like, my lifts from Worlds and my first squat was bad because I was so nervous. Yeah. Um, but I just remembered, like, oh shit, maybe I'm gonna bomb out now or do some shit, stupid shit because you, you get, like, nervous and you want to perform. but I I don't remember what I said to you. I maybe said like, oh shit, now it's for real. Yeah, it was, it was, I remember,
0: (laughs) I remember you, yeah, you wouldn't, you couldn't stop moving, first off, you kept moving, and I was like, oh, my man is a little nervous, and yeah, and you said, you know what, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to do the best I can, I didn't promise something, I'm going to do 100%, that's all I (laughs) can promise is 100%, you're saying all the right things, but you could tell, you know, it's like, shit, man, this is... I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine, because not only was the 93 so heavily hyped, but the fact that it was in Sweden, and that Swedish crowd, Gustav, they went, they went crazy whenever someone from Sweden hit the platform. Like, the reaction you got, could you, could you hear that crowd whenever you hit, hit the platform?
2: Could you tell? A little bit, but I usually have like headphones backstage. So I don't hear it then, but I usually I heard and I felt it. That that was probably the reason I was like nervous because the crowd was home yeah. in the middle. So that 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 actually made me most nervous, I think. Yeah. And then you put like you're going against the best in the world, and you put that on top of each other. So then you then you become a bit nervous. But it it turned out okay. Yeah. the, to say the least uh, it's a lift, so. Yeah.
0: When you when you're looking around, when you actually see people, had you had you had met? Have you ever met um, Wilson and LS McLean and, and Anatoly? Have you met Anatoly before? No,
2: well, I haven't met him before. Is it
0: weird yes. to see people yes. in real life when you heard about yeah. them, talk to them? You you guys even did a podcast together here. Is it weird to see each other? Like when you saw each other and you're weighing in? do, do you talk? Do you how is that?
2: It was uh, good actually. Men, most people made it like cool. Yeah. Those people who didn't want to talk did like they went away and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. otherwise, uh, it was like cool in the back uh, stage area. We talked and stuff, and before we went in. Uh, the only, of course, Anatoly doesn't speak English. Yeah. No. And my Russian knowledge is very bad, so yeah, we can yeah, only speak like a little bit. Yeah.
0: Uh.
2: But it was fun to see each other and talk.
0: Yeah, it's it's got to be weird. It's almost surreal. I mean, I've been I've been doing the commentary and I've been to a bunch of worlds and I've seen a lot of showdowns. And it, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how many times I do it, I it never gets, it never goes away that feeling. Like I'm I'm a big um, MMA, UFC fan, boxing fan, and George St. Pierre before every big. Uh, heavyweight, t- or sorry, not heavyweight title fight, but every big title fight, he would get so nervous, he couldn't sleep for two days, couldn't eat, and he's like, man, there's got to be something I could do about this. So we yes. talked to, like, a seasoned veteran who had been fighting for years in the UFC, and he's like, what do I do? What do I do to make this, like, you know, the, the anxiety is the worst feeling in the world, anxiety, right? But you, and the, the old veteran said to him, it never goes away, you just get used to it. It'll never go it's, away. You
2: it's know? true. You, you you get like used to it actually.
0: Yeah, it, it, but you have to feel it. There's no you, you will feel those feelings. There's no. It's like anxiety is a terrible feeling to feel. But you just get used to operating and taking care of business, yeah. even though that's how you feel.
2: Exactly. It's yeah. it's the, the people become good are like usually people who can handle those feelings and that's make right. and and instead of making them do bad things for you, you apply them to go. Like a motivational thing, so right. you get uh, extra thing, a good good stuff from it, Yeah. instead of stuff. I think that's the key part to put those things together. Yeah, and yeah. That, yeah. I think that only comes through experience. Yeah, it's not can like read, uh, like worship and read, but you have to like experience it and compete. Yeah, to get uh, to get control of it.
0: Yeah, you can. I mean, even if you tried to talk to somebody, like, did you have people telling you before this world championships? do you like telling you in terms of mentally prepping you do you have like a a senior lifter who's been around the block and tries to take you under the wing or are you just you just
2: showed up it's uh, alexander and uh, i talked to them of course because we train together and stuff and he competes a lot as well he has been competing since 2012 i think something so yeah he has been on very many competitions Mm -hmm. um so it's uh, him i go to for advice yeah, otherwise uh, the Swedish coaches are very good in that <laughs> manner and stuff.
0: But well, once it comes to that, once it comes to that day, that's all. That, it's just all that's out the window type deal, and you just gotta perform. Either you yeah. do or you don't when it hits the open. When you, I'ma pull up the because uh, you actually had in terms of your day, you went nine for nine in your home ta- in your home country, um, and it came down to the last deadlift. Were you at the time? Were you paying attention to the other lifters? Were you watching what they were doing? Or were you just keeping your head down and hitting your lifts?
2: No, I just hit my lifts. I didn't look at the board and stuff. I just then put on what's good and uh, went out. Uh, because uh, I think you just gonna watch the... If you watch the scoreboard and stuff and try to... Then you just start to think so much. And yeah. then you don't, then you lose your head for the lift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Usually, I would say. so. If you have good coach, of course, if you have a bad coach, then you have to look at the scoreboard. Yeah. If you have have somebody who doesn't know what he's doing, then you have to do that. But if you have good coaches like the Swedish team do, they they process it for you. Mm -hmm. You lift and they put, of course, you can say, like, I want this number. But when it's tight, then you have to put on what you have to put on to lift.
0: Yeah, and you got to crunch those numbers. It's too much information to
2: process. Yeah, pretty exactly. So I had three people do that for me. So I was like, yeah, do that. And, uh, give, me, give me my phone before changing yeah. music. So. <laughs> That's
0: right. Whatever sounds good. Did you know? So in between, at the top end, you had Anatoly, who had um, broken the IPF world record. You had yourself, who who was a junior world champion. Um, you had mm. David Wilson, who was the American champion. And to get to Sweden, he had beaten the defending world champion and beaten Ashton Ruska, who had the unofficial world record. And then you had L.S. McLean, who's a two-time returning world champion, and that's just the top four, let alone Barry from Ireland, who's a monster bench presser. Now, of all those gentlemen, of the top four, or sorry, even the top five, including Barry, who's a world record breaker in terms of the bench press, you were the only one to go three for three in the squads. After the squad event, were you aware that you were the only one who went 3-for-3?
2: Three three? I maybe threw a glimpse at the scoreboard and saw that, but uh, I, I, it doesn't really... Then I started to warm up for bench and stuff. But it, but it felt good to see that, you, that I made all the lifts and that we put the right number for the, for the day.
0: Yeah. Is there, is there a bit of an adrenaline... Because when it's hard for people to understand when you're there live and it's not quite like when you're on watching the live stream, you don't really fully get a sense of what the crowd was like. But when you hit that platform, my friend, the place, it was like a rock concert. People were shouting and on their feet in terms of managing your excitement and how excited you were getting and how much energy you might be expending. Was it tough? Like, did you have like, did your adrenaline come out of your body and like, Oh shit! This is going to be tough to keep the excitement
2: up for the whole nine links. No, it 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 gives you a good energy. I think it's just a good energy that you get. The the when the crowd is like screaming and stuff, it's it's a good energy. Of course, if you like, if you get like, then you you mess up your technique or something, then it's of course bad. But I think I managed it quite well with the with, the, with the getting the energy from the crowd and stuff. I didn't get, like, too excited, excited yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Keep, so you keep your head, like, a bit cool.
0: Yeah. Because you can do that. I've been in that situation where it can work both ways. You get too hype, and yeah. and you don't realize how long a day it is, and you can't keep that up for three hours straight. Yeah.
2: You're going to Yeah, out. yeah. Do it for, like, squat, bench, and dance. And many people maybe don't realize that you do it in, like, then you do it in basically three hours. It's a long three time. Three hours Yeah, yeah because for some people post like they do a, a max dead lift on Monday and then they do a max bench on Wednesday and then they do a max squat on Friday. And like, yeah, I did this total, but I have to do it in three hours. And they're like, what? Yeah,
0: and, and here's the thing too that some people don't realize. Like, they get surprised when they hit certain numbers in the gym and they don't hit it on competition day. What they don't yeah. realize is... You, if I just let, if you're just like, I'm going to hit one max squat, I hype yeah. myself up for that max squat. I get is whatever music I need to listen to, whatever speech I give myself, hit that max squat. If you expend like all the adrenaline and everything's going, you hit that max squat. Okay, I'm done. I'm good. Then warm up bench and do yeah. the whole, you know, and then do the whole thing for bench. And then oh, yeah. like, get yourself all amped up. Give yourself that mental speech. And then, okay, I'm good. Now start warming up for deadlifts, and then by the yeah. time you get to that Dallas deadlift, you're like, "Fuck, man, I'm not gonna be pulling my best." It's like, well, I guess yeah. not. There's a huge disconnect sometimes.
2: Yeah, and you have uh, three judges and the jury watching as well, mm-hmm. who is, who is uh, telling you how the lift went and stuff. It's, so it's it, uh, it's it's, in, it's good to practice on those things, I think. Yeah. To like simulate trade how the competition how competitions are. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't train in like the super duper conditions and put everything from there. Mm-hmm. You have to, you have to. If you, if you have the mission to compete, then you have to put up. I think the the training so it will be like competition. Yeah. Because otherwise, I think it will be hard to when the day comes to perform.
0: If you if you need to adjust squat depth or. Whatever it might be that you gotta adjust yeah. day off, that's yeah. that's nerve wracking.
2: Yeah, house bench and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, yeah. The the signals, it's yeah. uh, it's very important because you only have three chances. Yeah, and if
0: you start missing, you start missing. It's easy to get rattled.
2: Yeah, as well as well. Yeah, so it's quite unforgiving. Three, three chances for like uh, a long uh, long term up for the knee yeah.
0: when you when you're in competition, when you hit the, what's the most nervous in terms of lift? Is it the first lift?
2: Yes, first squat is always most nervous. Yeah, first it, squat.
0: It's crazy because that's the one that means the least. You know, like very rarely, but yeah. for, man, there's something about getting your foot in the door. She's like, all right, yeah.
2: we're good. It's important. You you put. Uh... I put, usually you put a lot of thought and energy into the sport and stuff, and it's like, it's a huge part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So that, of course, it's important. So you are nervous for that. Yeah. And if, if, you, if you're not nervous, maybe then, maybe then you don't put as much time and energy as other people do.
0: And that's, and that's it. It's, it, it comes down like in sports period, who wants it more? If you don't care, there's something wrong. Like, you're, yeah. you're, if you don't care, you're not gonna be, someone's gonna work you. Someone's gonna have you.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
0: It's the little things. Did you have, because it was in Sweden, um, did you have friends and family come down? How, first off, just for people who don't know. So you're in Stockholm? Yeah. And How much of a trip, like a flight is that?
2: It's a one, uh, it's like 50 minute flight. Okay, not too bad. Minutes. Did you so have- call it's like, uh, Five, uh, five and a half hours.
0: Well, oh, that's not bad at
2: all. You prefer no, it's not.
0: you prefer to fly that than drive
2: it? Uh, I usually before competitions I usually fly if it's a big one because then you have to so then you don't have to drive and stuff. And because five hours in the car, sure, it's not too bad, but it's still five hours, left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 So I usually fly and stuff. Yeah. Uh, if it's not like nationals, then we usually take the car. Mhm. Um but i had uh, my friends were down there my parents had plans to come down but they both are the police officers and they, uh, they are what you say they have a higher post in the police force, ah, gotcha. so they couldn't uh, they couldn't take out their vacation or uh, to take out time yeah for mission so but they were but they put up in, in the police station, they put up, like, live stream. Oh, no shit, put, On the big, big screen in the, in the office.
0: Did, did they make everybody who's in the jail watch it,
2: too? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, uh, it was, I think it's, like, their meeting room or something like that. Oh, wow. They have a big screen they put up on the on the wall in there. Yeah. So they station watch.
0: But, so it doesn't, does, do you, do you think about that? When you go into a competition, all the people that are watching and everybody who's do you try not to think about it too much?
2: How uh, it's uh, it's like yeah, before there was not so many people watching, but now there's more people watching. Yeah. And it's uh, it's just fun. It's uh, you're taking you're going to another level and stuff. Yeah. And that's that's good because more people watching sport will grow and stuff. Yeah. And the chance for me to grow will grow as well so yeah it's a good
0: when you on the day uh so was it when you walk in there everybody's got a game plan and to go nine for nine and meddling is probably the game plan as well did this yep. day go how you had expected? were you aiming towards that total um looking back because you went nine for nine and, and you, you ended up i mean th- your competition level was insane in terms of the 93s um, yeah. Anatoly came within a couple kilo of tolling in the 105s as well. Like, that's how competitive... Yeah. 90, you guys pushed each other to some crazy levels that day. Yeah, that's um, a good question. Did did it go... Did the day go, like, as you had planned? Or did you... What were you thinking?
2: Uh, it went as planned. Of course, I wanted, like, PB in uh, squats as well, because I didn't PB 300 kilos. Uh, but otherwise, it went as planned. Mm-hmm. Like to get as you said, to get nine for nine and a medal at a podium at a total uh and I got a medal in every in every squat bench, and then I got a medal so that was uh, that was good as well Yeah, you got a of
0: medals for sure it's the consistency yeah. it's the consistency that pays off, and in yeah. the end um it came right down to the last deadlift where you needed you needed that last deadlift um I, I believe, because this last deadlift, was that not the deadlift that if you hit and David misses, you get the silver medal? If I'm not
2: mistaken. No, yeah, no, I think I, I I already had silver. Did you? He had to, if, I, if I nailed it, he had to pull more.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Gotcha. So, okay. even if I had missed it, I would have still been silver, but he would have pulled like, yeah, those kilos less. Yes. And right. I put them. Yeah. Uh, so, I think it was I didn't really look at the scoreboard at the time, but uh, they, they put on the numbers, like, as we thought uh, I could do. It's it's
0: it's always tough when you're defending a medal against a guy who gets a deadlift after you. And David Wilson's got a crazy deadlift.
1: Yeah.
0: And you have to look behind you and you're defending, and um, so you're in second yeah. place, and you don't know what he's going to pull. You have to guess. So you're kind of yeah. like, I want to load the bar as much as possible without going yeah. over
2: Yeah. I- and you said, like, put on, uh, put on uh, as much as you want, I said. I didn't know what the number were when I went out. Oh, really? Yeah. And you said, like, put on as much as you think. Uh, because we knew, obviously, that David uh, is a very good deadlifter. Yeah. So that, then we had to put on, so, as much so he would bomb out. Yeah. About uh, Mr. Last Lift, which he did. So they put on, they could write him
0: have you seen, I remember, like I still remember to this day, the videos when you walked out to that deadlift. I don't know if you, how much you were taking in because you knew what was happening and you're probably in the moment. Okay, but yeah. watching it as a person watching you, I don't know if you felt, everyone knew what was happening. Everyone knew you were defending this silver medal. Everyone knew yeah. you, you got a hit or else David has to lift even less and everyone knows the type of deadlifter David is. And, um, and he would love to swap his bronze for your silver if possible. And Excellent. that, my friend, that crowd got behind you. It was, yeah. it was intense. It's
2: green, it's green balls.
0: And, and you, you, yeah. you walked up and you adjusted your belt for a second. You stared at that weight. And then you gave the weight a little, all right, let's go. And, and you stepped forward we were, were, were you aware that like, could you feel the crowd did you what's going through your head when you think i hit hmm. this i hit this i push david back and make him load the bar with something he's uncomfortable secure, with
2: Secure security silver. yeah 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 in in, the, in those it it's like those moments go so fast but yet so slow yeah you get you 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 get kind of zoomed out yeah So you now it's time to lift like but you feel, of course, the energy, but then as, as you get closer to the bar, I think, you, like, the people disappear, and it's like you and the bar, alone in the room, in some weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it so, you... No, it's, it's kind of, it's weird. As closer you get, like, then the more alone you get to the bar.
0: It's, it's funny, think... how, that is a funny <laughs> way of putting it, and I think you're right. It's true. Yeah. How so it's kind of like you know, when you're in a car, if, if you've been in like if you're in a car accident, or even if you just swerve on some ice and you're about to hit the curb,
2: it yeah. takes two and seconds, slow it's yeah. it slows up.
0: It took two seconds, but that two yeah. seconds, you even Look though, up. yeah, you, you can actually think about it. You're like, Holy yeah. shit, we're about to hit the curb. Oh no, it took yeah. two seconds, but you have so much thoughts. You're like, Oh shit, we're about That's to, cool. you know, rear end somebody.
2: Yeah. And then it just I and then it's for that deadlift. It usually becomes a bit black later when you pull. It's like, uh, oh, was it good and uh, stuff like that. If it's yeah. really heavy, which the last one for me was, so it was really heavy. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a good feeling. Yeah. You get endorphins or what? What I call it. the endorphins
0: flying. Yeah. 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 It's a uh, you know so like like when people meditate, they try to get themselves in a moment where you can block everything out around you, and you're present, and you, and you just are completely hyper-focused yep. and present. And In life in general, if you try doing that, it sounds easier said than done. It's extremely hard. When you're, If you think about it, the type of situation you've got to be in, to be in an arena full of people cheering that loud, and the crowd is going crazy, and I know what you mean, where every step you take to get closer and closer to that bar, it's like the crowd, everyone just starts fading away yep. in, the, in the background. <laughs> It's
2: you in the bar, darkness. You don't even see it ahead of you. No, it's like it's it's new, you alone in the bar, all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> in this big arena, it's like, it's like a good feeling, and it's like uh, it's something you have to you have to do it to appreciate it. Yeah. It's hard to describe actually, like that that feeling. And you you're chase like it. you're so nervous before, and then you go out and do it, and it's like yeah, it's. It's a good
0: feeling. If you if you weren't nervous, you, that wouldn't happen. You can't fabricate guess, that. You can't. No. And, and then the feeling afterwards, if you weren't scared, you weren't nervous, you weren't in the middle of a battle like that, it'd be like whatever. So yeah, I mean, then it's like, oh,
2: shit. So I can go home now. Yeah,
0: but... <laughs> <laughs> you don't appreciate the moment. Now, when no. you hit that last deadlift, you knew you went nine for nine. And I'm assuming you knew you had defended the silver medal. What was it like? What was the feeling knowing, holy shit? In the, in the most heavily hyped men's division, I just went nine for nine in Sweden and, and took a silver medal in a murderer's row of contenders.
2: Yeah. it was a really good feeling. It was a good feeling because that was the first uh, raw, raw total medal for Sweden in the male class oh, wow. since very long time. We've only had people who taken, like, uh, part medals, squat, bench, and deadlift. Like one of those medals, but for a total medal we haven't had an open male do it in it's like since they remade the IPF. Oh wow! We've only had the uh, women do uh, like the total medals.
0: And, and did you know that? So you must knew that going into this competition.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we, and everybody told me that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and were, were you like, dude? Stop telling me that. I don't,
2: want to, I don't want to think about that! Like, did you think about that leading into this? A little bit, because Eddie bombed out, because Eddie had a chance to take a total oh. man as well. Uh, and then it was like, yeah, Eddie bombed out, shit, now you're like the only one left. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the, the boss uh, the, Sw- the, the boss for the Swedish powerlifting federation. Yeah, yeah. Told, told me like, yeah, yeah, now you gotta do this. <laughs>
0: A little bit more pressure. I uh, mean, it's like the night before. Can you sleep? Can you eat the night before, or are you like?
2: You do. Uh, I'm not like that nervous because I sleep very good before competitions. Yeah. I usually take like uh, uh, a little. Uh, it's like a uh, it's like a pill for a- allergy or something. Is it, is it melatonin? Mm, something. It's like a very. It's it's a very. Easy to get. It's very yeah, light. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like if you have like some flu from grand grass or some something yeah. like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: So you sleep a bit calmer then. You don't wake up and stuff. Actually, mm-hmm. take one of those and uh, like sleep.
0: Yeah, if possible. So after you hit that, you go nine for nine, and you take a silver medal. Is it the feeling of? Is it relief? Is it because, oh my god, we made it, I didn't bomb, I didn't let anybody down, is it yeah, joy? Of like... course
2: of course. I want that gold and stuff, and gold and world record, uh, of course I want that, but uh, it's like in the open class you can't just walk in and, and take stuff, yeah. it's hard. So then it's like a silver medal and 9 for 9, that, that's, that's good for being my first open world course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but of course I want to take. I want the gold. That's it. That, that's what I want.
0: And, and, and what's the feedback you got? Like when it all happened, and your your mom and dad watched this live. Is everybody messaging you? And when you go back home, what was it like?
2: yeah There was very many people messaging me and stuff. And people from uh, my work also watched the stream and stuff. So a lot of positive feedback, and I get very good support from the company I work now. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. help. Um, so, uh, so it's very good, positive, and, and it brings uh, so many more stuff. I get like material for my new sponsors and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so uh, it's, just, uh, it's just good things happen from it.
0: Yeah, doors open but, up, possible sponsorships. Yeah do you feel like now since that happened and everybody was watching it was on the olympic channel and um some people don't realize like when we went on the olympic channel it wasn't just even powerlifting people who are watching like some people watch the olympic channel because they like olympic sports so they'll put it on in the background and be like ah what's on today because they're just sports nuts and they're like oh what's on today wrestling i'll watch wrestling downhill skiing i'll watch downhill skiing so then when it was like wow what's on today powerlifting yeah. they're going to watch powerlifting. And some people who had never seen powerlifting before watch yeah. this and are like, oh, shit, I think I like powerlifting. That was our introduction <clears throat> to the sport, that like, you guys are breaking yeah. new ground. So you have all your powerlifting people and then a bunch of new people. In the Olympic channel, ordinarily, they might tweet out, two o'clock, downhill skiing, don't miss it. When powerlifting came on, the ratings were so good, they were tweeting like it was man, we were getting emails like, holy shit, people are loving the powerlifting. Like the feedback was That's insane.
2: That's really good.
0: Yeah, in terms of like what you guys, the show you guys put on, it was nuts. Um, so yeah, in terms of like moving forward, um, I mean in terms of possible sponsorships and have you, did you see a bump in your social media and people following
2: or any messages like that? Yeah, of course, man. Social media went up a lot, uh, and just in general, like. Get more, get more social media views yeah. and it, and it becomes more like content and uh, opportunities to like promote before sponsorships and stuff. Yeah. Um, and of course now that I have my, I get like sponsoring, sponsoring from the company I work at. Uh, so I have the, uh, it got uh, a lot of things like get sold just by doing good competitions and stuff.
0: Is it is it um, does it at all increase pressure of expectations, or do you think, or, or no, it's still the same in terms of that? Because now more people are watching.
2: the pressure is the same, but it's just it gets like more easier for me to to train harder, to recover better, mm-hmm. to uh, like I don't have to think like oh how I'm gonna plan my vacations and stuff. That's being taken care of.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I have to like have that on my mind and if you get less stuff off your mind then you can focus on the details Mm -hmm. so that's i think that's a real game changer for me as well yeah so i have i have uh, i have a very good situation for that so i should i should be grateful for it actually
0: (laughs) for sure do you so going into the european championship um it's, it's basically, it's another go-around. The two top 93-kilo lifters from the World Championships are once again facing off in the European Championships. It's a bit of a tight turnaround. There's not a lot of time in between the two. Um, well, do you feel like you were able to... Because Anatoly, in last year's European Championship, I think he totaled 850. Yeah. Um, this year at the World Championships, he totaled 852.5. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we don't know exactly where he might be. Do you, in terms of your- What's that, sorry?
2: Probably more kilos.
0: Uh, We're assuming somewhere. Um, Yeah. Were you able, did you have enough time? And do you feel like you were able to add kilos onto your total? What are your expectations?
2: Yeah, Yeah, because like the issue for me is like technical stuff. So I get better at performing the lifts. Because I think I am very good at like recovery, eating right and training hard. That's like easy for me. But to do, to get the lifts technically very good. That's like a thing I can get very many kilos from. Mm. So it's like where the focus is right now. Because uh, I can get very many kilos from it. So I hope that it will be on the game day. Now it's 20 days until competition, 21 Getting closer so I hope uh, I hope it will be like really solid on the game day.
0: are you are you because you're doing world championships and did you compete in between Europeans and world championships or no
2: yeah I did uh, the Swedish nationals two weeks afterwards oh wow uh, but it's an easy game for me so I go I I, I want to win nationals every year so i went there and did that and then we did we had like a little we had a competition in sweden like a invitational for the swedish lifters uh, so i did that competition as well
0: wow you've already competed twice since june holy moly
2: yes uh, so i of course i didn't do i didn't go full out on those competitions mm. but uh, but it felt good, and now I have been lifting a, a bit with this uh, RPE system lately. Yeah. So then it feels then you lift heavy like every week, but don't but you don't get like fatigued. Yes. If you follow it correctly. Uh, so then then it's like it's uh, I think it's very good because then you don't get like when you to lift heavy you don't have to like step up like a ton and do like these changes and stuff. And the, the body is more adapted to lifting heavy. So I think that has helped a lot, actually.
0: And you also so, get, you get a good idea of, um, like you have to listen to he, your body. Yeah, yeah, where you're at, exactly. Yeah. When you switched RB, did you switch coaches? Or who's coaching you right now?
2: Alexander Erickson.
0: Oh, is he? Your buddy Is?
2: Yeah, yeah, he, 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 we can do like what we want. We can do. We can put up the programs in the way we want. I think the program now is a bit influenced by Mike Toshiran, because he and Alexandria Eriksson have like a little bit of collaboration.
0: Okay, gotcha. I
2: think I think the top powerlifting programs they're quite similar. Mm-hmm. They're made usually. They're quite similar actually. Like for the best coaches at least. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, maybe sound different a lot, but I think most top powerlifting coaches, their programs are quite similar if you look like a bit deeper mm-hmm. with the layouts and stuff. Do you? Feel if like, some, what, if what somebody do you... doesn't do anything revolutionary or stuff like that, of course.
0: I think it's true because in this day and age, because information is transferred so easily, like you can have someone yeah. on the other side of the world, shoot you a program, watch your lifts, You could conference call them like we're doing right now. So this day and age, to get a leg up is very difficult because everybody seems to be doing very similar ideas. And if something new comes along, we all find
2: out about it. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, and usually like the best coaches do what works. So uh, the program usually are like a bit the same. And I think there are many good programs out there. The biggest thing is how you as the athlete perform them. Yeah. How how much heart you put into the program and stuff. And if you believe in it, then then take every other uh, part of life seriously with sleep, nutrition, and like just keeping your your game straight. Because you. If you do do those things, the programs will go good. With
0: yourself, how serious are you with this? Like you were telling me in terms of your sleep. Like, you're in bed at 9 p.m., you...
2: I start to go to bed at 9 p.m. usually.
0: Okay, you start getting...
2: You start, yeah, so you start... I'm, I'm in bed at least late to 10 p.m., 10. because sleep. Uh, the sleep is very, very important. Mm-hmm. I usually, like, always tell myself, now, now you got to do this and prepare everything. It,
0: it, here's... But, Here's the thing with, I think sleep is one of those things that people don't realize. Joe Rogan had a guy on his podcast. He's a sleep expert. And they ran tests. In terms of um, baseline, when you get eight hours or more of sleep, they ran tests physically, uh, strength tests, explosiveness, as well as cognitive tests like memory recall or making decisions. And And then they shifted from eight hours sleep to six hours sleep to four hours sleep. And the drop in in people's decision-making memory recall, way lower in terms of like strength and explosiveness, way lower. So when it comes down to competition, when you're in prep day in, day out, you've got to, I mean, if you don't get your sleep and it's massive. And I think that's a huge thing that people, for a little while, it became cool to not sleep that much. Like you would see memes on Instagram being like six hours sleep, wake up, grind. Get up, grind. You know, while while you're sleeping, while you're sleeping, someone else is training. You know what I mean? Like you would have stuff like that. In um, but there was no science behind that. There
2: was no science that's, at all. I think that's mostly like in this fitness, uh, like uh, body, a, li- a little bit of bodybuilding stuff, yeah. fitness, wellness. They call it wellness. Actually. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Ironic. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember it's not like just as uh, stand-efforting. He always talks about the importance of sleep. Yeah. And it was like some wellness athletes or what they call themselves. And they went up at 4am or 5am to do cardio. Yeah. And he was and he was like, knock it off. What the fuck are you doing?
0: Yeah. It's, it's um, crazy. It's like
2: yeah.
0: they would, it's like some people and for a while, man, I mean, look I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger said I do six hours sleep anymore. I'm wasting time. I could be doing other things. Um, And I I remember he has a famous line where someone's like, but Arnold, I don't feel the same if I don't get eight hours sleep. And Arnold said, well, my advice to you, my friend, sleep faster. (laughs) He was like, you know, because he's like six hours sleep, wake up, start grinding. But this is before we know everything we know. Now, sleep is a massive deal. And if you can't yeah. get sleep the night before because of nervousness or whatever, like do you do it? how do you handle, for myself, sleep's always been an issue. Um, and you were saying you start getting ready an hour before you fall asleep. Do you have like a routine? Do you have like, what do you do to get yourself prepped You can be so
2: consistent? Uh, my routine basically is I, I make everything ready. So I don't have to like walk around with shit. I gotta do this. I gotta go. do that. I, I prepare my breakfast for the day after. And I lay out like the clothes that I'm gonna wear. Oh shit! I I prep, prep everything so I, when I wake up I can just take everything. Yeah. And I usually think that's to save time because when you're you're working and you're like you're training in sports, you have to like make time. So that's why I do like food prep and I. I I make, like, time so I don't have to stress during the days. I stand in the kitchen and do all this stuff that you can do, like, you can do it so much much more efficiently. It's, I think... It
0: eases the mind to fall asleep.
2: Yeah. When you know you have everything done and stuff. Yeah. So, and then you make, and then you get so much more time during your day. So you don't have to always be, like, stressed out and, like, yeah. Because then you get, like, you head this on full steam all the time. Yeah. Then, it, then you get tired. Oh, shit, I'm so tired. I very what? seldom feel, like, tired in that way.
0: Really? See, you know what? Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> you said you don't have to wake up, figure out what am I wearing, what am I having yeah. for breakfast. That is so me, man. That is, like, I am that dude who wakes up like, ah, shit, what, what pants am I, <laughs> yeah, I got mismatched socks, uh, my clothes, my shirt doesn't match my pants, I got shit yeah. in my head, and I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna have cereal again. And, um, and, and and funny enough, man, I got a hard time falling asleep. But maybe there is something to do with, like, get things in order. Even, even like they say, even how you keep your bedroom. If things are tidy, you got a made bed, things are clean, Easier to fall asleep, less clutter, you yeah. less stress and anxiety. If things yeah, are cluttering in your life,
2: it's hard. Yeah, I'm trying to put away, like, the phone so I don't you know, lay in text and stuff like that. Uh, just keep, just keep, and uh, <clears throat> of course, you don't have, like, pets and stuff in bed. And uh, so, so, you don't, so you have, like, a bit of routine to yeah. sleep. Yeah. Because I heard that uh, there was like, some sleep expert who said like if you have the routine, then your body will know that now it's time to sleep and it will prepare itself for it as well yeah. and try to go to bed the same hours all the time because then the sleep pattern, you, you, you get like a sleep pattern. Mm-hmm. So if you go to bed the same times and wake up the same times, you, your sleep will be much more consistent.
0: Do you, do you do that on weekends as well to keep that pattern going?
2: I usually tell myself maximum two hours later, so I go to bed like at eleven or twelve at the weekends so at latest.
0: Yeah, and you still get up early.
2: Yeah, eight uh, eight and a half hours sleep or something. And then you've at least yeah. It I'm oh, sure if I if I really feel I can sleep for nine hours, but yeah, I usually try to at least keep the. Like you got to go to bed time, the same. It, it's it's pretty, just it's small things.
0: It is. Um, I know you mean. Like, it's true. The body loves routine, and if you don't give yeah. the body routine, it it doesn't react well. Um, so if you keep things like patterns, it does. Your body starts shutting down, being like, "Oh, I'm tired," because you usually yeah. go to bed that time. They actually did a That's study cool. as well on people who work midnight shifts and night shifts. Yeah. And and um, in terms of like the your life expectancy, when you work night shifts, far far harsher on your body. You can knock off yeah. ten years of your life just because of the sleep patterns yeah. are all distorted. Or if you're two weeks night shift, two weeks day shift, two weeks night shift, you could take off 10, 15 years of your life doing that for if you do that for forty years
2: straight. Probably. That's how we pack the I Think it's uh, hard for those people who work shifts.
0: Mm-hmm. It kind
2: of, like my my dad has done that for 20 years probably. Oh wow! 21 years.
0: On and off night shifts. What about nutrition? How quick? How close on nutrition do you have to keep it tight?
2: Uh, now it's harder for me to weigh in, in 93. I have to do more to keep uh, to keep in 93. Uh, I usually start like a week week or something out of a competition, I usually take away some food uh, and start taking away some fiber from vegetables mm-hmm. uh, to down. Uh, so <clears throat> and it usually I, I usually eat clean during uh, during the whole year. I usually stay the same like year round, mm-hmm. but I've added uh, a bit muscle. So uh, even though I eat clean. It's I still weigh like 95, 96 kilos. Yeah,
0: yeah. And would you would you think about doing a water cut, or no? You don't want to do water cutting.
2: Well, I don't have to really do water cut yet. Uh, I usually go down to ninety three by just uh, taking away some of the, the food, uh, like a week and you know, a week and a half before I start, so it doesn't hit me so hard. Uh, not sure, maybe in two years I would have to do like a water cut or something. Well, it's, and, uh,
0: it, it, it's kind of dicey because like food is your gas, it's your energy. It's literally yeah. your energy. So you, you can take it down, but then you don't want to, you know, impact performance by lack of energy. So then you start being like, do I want to do a water cut for, you know, one kilo of water is nothing. But yeah. then... It gets, how many kilos of water are you willing to do? It starts becoming a bit of a, I mean, you'll cross the bridge when you get there, but this is start, look at, at your rate, with how much weight you're lifting, you're going to start adding muscle mass, and these are conversations you're going to do. Like, how far of a water cut would you be willing to go, and do you think you would ever move to 105, or are you thinking you got plenty of room with water cutting?
2: I got a bit, I I probably got like three years in the 93 kilo, at least. Yeah. Uh, Because I can do, so you can do some hard cuts. If you do, if you do them correctly, then they will work. Yeah. Uh, So I I guess I have like three years left or something Mm -hmm. in the 90s. But then uh, obviously for my height, as I am 179 centimeters long, uh, I will end up in 105. Mm. Soon or later. Uh, so uh, it's just a matter of how how long how long it's gonna take and how much I wanna do the cut mm-hmm. because in like one or two years I guess the cut will be it will be harder every every year as I'm noticing now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, it will just be a, a question of how much I wanna take it.
0: In in terms of um, because I watch training videos and repost them. It, it never looks like you're ever like super grind. All your lifts look super clean and easy, smooth. You never grind it. Yeah. Do you ever hit some top singles in training just to test out where you're at or you're not like total max, but ju- do you ever grind out? Cause I don't know if I've seen you grind in the gym ever.
2: Now I I've only had like uh, RP eight. I don't, I have not had like RP nine uh, for a single. I only yeah. had RP9 or 4, or a 95 for, uh, for like sets of 3 or 4. Mm. Uh, but uh, usually we don't have a, a RP9 for a lift. Maybe in the like, further from competition, I can do some heavy lift for testing.
0: Yeah.
2: But usually, usually, I don't know, I don't usually grind so much actually.
0: It's weird because, um, like, I know if you're... It's one of those deals where because your, your lifts are moving so smoothly and, and like, it's hard to gauge sometimes, like, how much more do I have in the tank? And do you ever get, like, uh, I feel like I should grind harder or lift a couple heavy just to see? Or are you just straight, like, I yeah. don't care. I'm sticking to the RP because you, you strike me as the type of guy who's going to be disciplined and never veer off. And never you're never going to be, like, ah, let's just see where we're at.
2: I usually if if i do like bad technique uh, maybe maybe it's very little like uh, so i get the right amount of leverage in the deadlift then i usually be afterwards like oh i want to redo the session i feel like i want to i want to re-pull yeah re-pull the heaviest one Uh, but then usually i calm down and like no next week like next week i do it yeah like uh, yeah, next time, and I maybe write down some uh, some uh, some notes from the training session on what I want to improve for the next one. And I ask, if, like, for some, uh, what should I think about in the lift, and I write the cues down. Cause and uh, for the next session, I
0: improve. Because you train with your coach. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So it's pretty hard to... Uh veer off the program if he gave you an eight he knows he gave you an eight and you can't really hide it if he's like yeah. hey man hey man what are you doing today that's not yeah. I
2: do. exactly exactly i usually have a, in the like in the now it's of course close to competition then we have a program that we update every week mm-hmm. because we put in the rpe and the total kilos lifted and then the the like the program counts out stuff, mm-hmm. so we get like herbs and uh, all this data. So for the next week, then uh, we program the, the program for how that's how it's gonna be. So then we get feedback all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: on oh, point. So it's, uh, yeah, then it's hard to do some stupid shit. But <laughs> usually in the in the, like training, like when it's far from competition in training season, sort of say. Then I can, like, then I have more freedom to do what I want to. It's I do, like, a, a program with, like, a, I get the basis of a program. Yeah. And then I, like, to do some, some adjustments in the program as I see fit.
0: Tra- training with your coach and having hands-on like that, how much better is it to have someone who actually takes your numbers for feedback as opposed to someone who just gives you a template, talk to you in a month? Like he actually yeah. sees your numbers every single week. He actually yeah. sees your, vid- he actually see. not only does he see your videos, he, he sees see you
2: it your on, on, live. Because yeah.
0: videos lie. Here's something that I've noticed. I've seen someone live and recorded for them. And I'm like, yeah. oh shit. Okay. That was, that was probably an RPE 9 We watched a yeah. video together and he's like, oh, I smoked that. And I'm like, you did good. It looked a lot easier yeah. on the video though. It looked a lot easier on that video. Videos lie, man.
2: Exactly. So you get way more feedback when you see each other for real and stuff. Yeah. So uh, that's, of course, a lot more a lot more good than to have, like, somebody who sends you an email or something like that, I think. And talking about four weeks.
0: Four weeks, it's like, what are you you basing that four weeks on? If you don't even know what I did the week before, like, I don't know how some people do it like that.
2: Especially before a competition like this, because then you can, then you have time to adjust yeah. every week so you don't get overtrained before the competition. Yeah. Because I think it's very easy to like, then you get, then, then you peak too early. Yes. So you have to hold back a mm-hmm. bit. Because you only have, you only have one chance like the competition day. Mm-hmm. And in powerlifting, it's so, it's very important and it's hard to like find the right, the right peak
0: mm-hmm. it's such a it's such like a temperamental because yeah there's one there's not a season you don't have 16 games in the season it's not football yeah. you know you don't have so many games that you could it's you got one day and you have to peak it yeah. to peak it appropriately yeah. if you have a coach and he gives you okay here's your last four weeks uh um, yeah. leading into the competition good luck if it's RPE, it's like, man, you're just going to let me kind of wing this because I've peaked in the gym and everybody's knows somebody peaked in the gym, show up on a competition day and you're like, holy shit, where did my lifts go? But it's yeah. kind of like um, you need that third, that person who's not in it watching it being like, look, that was heavier than it's supposed to be. Or you're jumping exactly. way too heavy right now. Based off of your previous maxes, this is too heavy. This is you're going too heavy too soon. We're three weeks out. You can't maintain this for another three weeks. You know, exactly, it's just exactly. not realistic.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, it's a it's a hard thing to get to get a good hold hold on the peaks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. definitely the thing I have taken the most help in. Yeah. The pe- the, the preparation for the competitions. Yeah. Because training in that manner is easy. Like the training is just then you just train. Yeah. Yeah. But for the, for the competition it's uh, then you only have if you miss the bus then, you know, then you're fucked.
0: <laughs> would you would you try to coach yourself into something? Would you trust yourself to like tell yourself what numbers tell yourself what RPE and nobody's there to look at your numbers and be like hey that looked a little higher on the RPE than we said.
2: I, I usually put down the numbers myself. Usually. Yeah, but then I usually if, if I feel like it's good to have, oh, what do you think this lift was? And I can ask, like, uh, what do you think this, uh, how, what RP this was? Yeah. But usually I am very hard on myself by putting the right RP, because if you don't put the right RP, then, uh, then the data won't, won't be accordingly. Yeah. So um, it's, yeah, you have to be honest with yourself if you're doing RP, because if you can't be honest with yourself, then you can't do RP.
0: Yeah, no, that's, and that's probably the biggest problem,
2: is with yeah. RPE, is
0: because
2: so it, it's up to it, uh, if, if you can be honest, do it. RPE is very good, I think, then. But if you know that you're dishonest with yourself, don't do RPE. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so leading into this this European Championship, um, are you expecting, are you expecting, like, a, like both of you guys to jump up and wait? How would you think of this? Is it, because it's tough, given the Sweden situation in the World Championships, how your host nation was hosting and everything yeah. that went around it is the excitement level the same when you're going to face the same guy over again i know it's like he's the reigning world champion so it's exciting to go against the world champion yeah. but nothing is gonna quite be like that swedish championship is it tough to like get back up for it emotionally and, and motivation wise how do you approach something like this
2: hmm. i actually think it's uh i i want to get i'm so hungry to get better so i i just think it's fun to compete again mm. and to prove myself that i can be a much better lifter mm-hmm. and I, I know i have so many more kilos in my body uh, so it's it's just a pleasure for me to to get the privilege to go and compete again against good people mm. and um, it's it's just what i what i like to do so uh, so it's uh, for me it's easy to get the motivation back and stuff because I have my goals and I know what I want to do. Does it? Does and it... and it's a short flight from Sweden, so it would be like home territory. It's just an hour flight or something, oh, wow. an hour twenty minutes maybe.
0: Really, Lithuania is that close, eh? Yeah. Oh wow. Does it does it help that Anatoly's there to make it feel a little more special? Make it feel, or is it? Whether he was I, there or whether he was not, it's going to be business as usual, regardless.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's going to be business as usual, but of course, it's it's more for real when he is there. Yeah. But if he wasn't coming, uh, then it would be like then it would be you against yourself, basically. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's uh, the medals will be so much more worth when he is there. Yeah. And as he's from Europe, it wouldn't really be the best game if it wasn't there, so.
0: This is true. And I think at a certain point, you're past, um, you know, competing against yourself, doing a fun competition. Like, there's some yeah. people, there's some people who, they can hit a PR at a local competition, and PR on all three of us get a PR total. Um, do you think you could do that at this point with everything you've done? Like, when, when, you, when you felt everything you felt, in like in like the world championships in Sweden, in Calgary, what you're gonna do in Lithuania. Could you yeah. turn could you turn around and still pull out that magic for a local meet? Because some people can. Ashton Ruska, mm-hmm. Ashton Ruska mm-hmm. and Jonathan Keiko, they hit unofficial world records at local meets and they can get themselves up. Um, yeah. they don't have to worry about they don't have to worry about anyone else, so they can do their own numbers, which helps. So there's there's a plus because you don't competition, no one else. You know you don't have to worry about missing lifts, so that helps. But when you've done enough big competitions and you felt that excitement and it gets you juiced up, the adrenaline without anyone there and it's just you against you, it gets tough sometimes. You're like, fuck, I, you know, you know what I mean? Like, would that be hard for you, or do you think you still could?
2: I think it would be hard actually because. Uh... To get a local, of course. If there was like a reason that I could not go and do a big competition, sure. Maybe then I would do like all out around nationals or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, probably I could do it. Yeah. I just have I just have so many other competitions, so I haven't tried it. In, I haven't done, of course, a new nationals every year. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, uh, nationals have all. It's always so close to worlds. So I just do what what I can do for that day.
0: That's crazy that Nationals is two weeks later. Because here's the thing, yeah. your situation, it's okay. But let's say in the future, five years down the road, somebody yeah. comes up in Sweden who is neck and neck with you. And you guys yeah, are neck it
2: and was neck. hard, but they, they changed this next year. It's yeah. in like March or something. Okay, so that's big. It, it works, yeah. So they changed it now, I hope forever. Now, here's the situation, though. This is where
0: that'll be tough. If you win Worlds, and you go to the SBD Invitational, yeah. that's in March.
2: Yeah.
0: And that, so, I mean, you, you got to cross that bridge when you get there. What do you think yeah. about the SBD, SBD Invitational when you heard about it?
2: Oh, it would be, yeah. That would be a cool competition, but they, they invited... They invited Anatoly from 93, and they, Ivan, Ibai, they, they invited the, this guy from Algeria, which I beat at words.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because so really, they got... Yeah. I think the way they're doing it, the reason why um, they wanted... So they took the... From, yeah, that's, well, right. that's right. That's yeah. right. Region. They wanted someone from a region.
2: So, yeah. So, I I guess so too. So uh, because first I was like, what the fuck? I beat this guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first, but then uh, I was like, of course they want they want yeah. from Africa because me and me and Anatoly are like quite the same in that way.
0: You you might you might, so, might want to set aside a little money and buy a cottage home in Africa.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the I have an African
0: residence, so you're stacking the deck to make sure yeah. you go. Um, so is this, because, because of how close you are with Anatoly, how close everyone is in the 93s, um, David Wilson left, but, yeah. uh, Jonathan Keiko won and Jonathan Keiko, unofficial world record total, eight sixty-seven and a half, and a half, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, what are you, what are you anticipating for European championship for, for yourself in terms of your total and what are some of your goals for 2020 in, in Belarus, I know it's a little ways away and a lot of things can change, uh, but what are some of your goals that you want to hit?
2: Uh, For the Europeans, of course, I want to do like, uh, I want to do a really good competition, uh, to go nine for nine and get a good squat, good bench, good deadlift, and just have a good fight with Anatoly and see see where where we end up. Yeah. And give everybody a good show. Uh, I have a really good feeling before this competition, actually. Uh, so I feel and I feel very strong and I feel uh, my body is uh, is like yeah, really healthy and stuff. So I have a really good feeling. <laughs> and for 2020, I want to of course go to Worlds mm-hmm. and uh, may I hope to w- go to Nationals before Worlds and, and get a gold medal and then go to Worlds and see how which people come if. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Keiko come to as well. Uh, it would be fun to see like a new gang because then it would be a really good crew. The numbers will probably go up very much.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's it, de- it keeps getting tougher, right? It doesn't get easier. You guys are getting stronger and stronger um, and new people enter the fold. Like powerlifting is never the same crew. It yeah, never stays the like
2: A bit new people and stuff and they we push each other. And uh, it will be, I think it will be fun. And to go, go back to Belarus again, and uh, I, I think it will be good. And then, of course, uh, maybe we have some Invitational competitions later in 2020. And, uh, yeah. I mean,
0: because now the World Championships have the SPD Invitational implications where if you win, you get to go to the ne- SPD invitation. And, uh, yeah. I mean, there's some money involved, if there's world records, if there's whatever. They haven't really disclosed how the cash payouts are going, but it's over $300,000 American. So it's a sizable yeah. amount. And yes. I'm assuming the production levels, you know, in terms of the production and what they're going to put forth. And, um, and that's year one. But, I mean, who knows? 2021 and, and there on after, yeah. it's only going to get exactly. bigger and bigger.
2: Yeah, it will be fun to see what happens with that competition if it's something that will be every year. Mm-hmm. What they're gonna do with it and how, how the payments are gonna be if like, if it's only one person who gets the cash price or if it's like how they will divide it. It will be interesting to see. Yeah. But it's a good, it's a really good start to get like some cash payments in the, in the competitions. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think it's it's a really good, that's a really good step for the, comp- for the sport.
0: And, um, and looking ahead, Belarus, I'm assuming the goal is for the gold medal. And, yeah. uh, and you're right there. Do you have – what do you anticipate is going to be like a winning total? Here's the thing. Here's the thing with winning totals. And it's so funny because when we were going into Sweden, everybody had a, like, I don't know, maybe 860, whatever. Like you never know. And then when you, show yeah. up the day, when you show up the day of, you realize like sometimes when you look at certain guys, you're like, oh, my God. This guy can lift this much. I have to do this, that, and the other to beat him. And then you find yeah. out the day of... I, not, I don't necessarily have to do that much. Like, it, it's sports. Sports are like that. And you can get emotionally... Yeah. Stuff,
2: stuff happens.
0: Stuff yeah. happens. Me. People, people, you assume... Like, David Wilson, when he went to Sweden... To make it to Sweden, he had to beat Ashton Ruska, who's an absolute yeah. monster. You know, in yeah. sports, like, anything can happen on any given day. So... Have you kind of set aside chasing certain numbers and you're just like, look, I'm going to do whatever's going to be there that day and whatever happens, happens, and you're not emotionally attached to numbers and crunching numbers? Or do you still look at numbers and think, okay, if I squat this much, if I bench this much, if I dead this much, I'll get this total, and this is where I think he's going to total, and then this is where I think it's going to happen. Because powerlifters get crazy like that. Like we, yeah. all, do, we all do it. You know, We all get lost in that.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course I crunch numbers and do like, oh, I, I set up my goals like I wanna do this or wanna do that. I usually don't like do numbers for other people because that's hard for me to say like, oh, he's gonna do this or that. It's like then I'm just wasting my time. Yeah, but for myself, I still make like I want, I wanna do about this in squats, I wanna do about this in bench and in deadlift uh, for my like for my goal setting. Because I think it's good to have goals and to have like part goals. So you have like a ladder. So you have how, how I'm going to reach these goals and stuff. <laughs> uh, but usually at the competitions, I don't want to think like that. Like I'm going to have these numbers. It's only we set like an opener and then we go from there. Yeah. So because otherwise then it will be, uh, I, I think it's, then you're making it hard for yourself if you're going to be like numbers all the time. Yeah. If you don't, like, yeah, I can do this, go sure, then it's good. But usually, if it, it's a tight competition, you can't be too choosy with numbers, always.
0: It's funny, because it's true. I think leading up to a competition, oftentimes people, like, think about what numbers will give them what totals, and crunch yeah. these numbers, and are so like, I need this squat, I get this bench, I get this dead, I get yeah. this total... You know, I think this total might get me first, second, third, whatever. Then this guy will do this, and you do all that leading into it. And then when the day yeah. comes, when the day comes, almost every lifter's like, you know what, just put whatever on the bar, I don't even want to know. It <laughs> yeah. all out the yeah. window anyways. You know, we just, we do it in our head.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you can get, the, if you get like a brain, if you get like locked in your brain, like, oh, I need to do this, otherwise I suck, or something yeah. like that. It, it can be you, you 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 put the barriers for yourself. Mm-hmm sometimes I would I think. Uh, it's it's maybe if if you can do it in the right way. It's if you put them like I'm gonna have this for a goal. Yeah. But at the competition it can be you have to be accept sometimes you can't you can't do it. Or sure if you if you wanna go and try, do it. But you're risking. And here's... But risk, it's risk. And
0: it, it oftentimes, competitions don't always unfold the way people think. Like, for everybody. For your competition. Almost, yeah. I remember or, Brett Gibbs was coaching me for um, the Canadian National Championships. And I remember I we had a Skype meeting. And I told him, like, this is the numbers I think I need. And I... <laughs> and I exactly. And I go, so I think the other guy's going to have this. And I think if I... Add on about 5% to all those his lifts and he PRs on all three lifts because he's probably going to have a great day. His training's going great. I think nice. this is the number I need and blah, blah, blah. And Brett's like, whoa, listen, man, listen, listen. You just. <laughs> calm down. You, you <laughs> calm down. You, you just took every single one of his best lifts from all different competitions, put them all together to make a super total that he's never totaled. And then you put 5% on top of that. And he's like, that's not really how sports shake up. Like, like, it's just if you watch powerlifting, he's like, here's what we're gonna do. Focus on yourself. We'll gather the numbers we got. Like you said, hit your opener. Judge off of that. And when it comes down yeah. to deadlifts, when it comes down to like the last deadlifts, and
2: you, and you pull the numbers.
0: Now we yeah. start playing numbers. Now we start yeah. being like, where are we at now? Yeah. Or maybe to an extent, yeah. don't get too far behind on your bench and squat. But yeah, I mean, don't get too in your own
2: head. Yeah. Do do what you do what you have in your body. If you do if you feel like you, you didn't leave any kilos on the table, then then you're good to go. Yeah. Put 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 your do your best squat, best bench, and best deadlift. I usually see it like that. Yeah. He's do your a, best in all the lifts. Here's
0: the thing. Almost if ever anybody goes three for three, six for six, nine for nine, every single time the person's like, I think I had more. Yeah. Everybody he, thinks they got more. And they're, they're, it almost never nobody ever walks off me like that was it I didn't have a kilo more almost everybody's like I had a little more in me ah 5 yeah. kilos here ah, right. 5 kilos
2: there 5 kilos there yeah the thing you have to see it like for the day because at Worlds when I pulled uh, 3.37 and uh, a half I said and right afterwards in my interview I did my best deadlift for this day yeah sure I maybe had 3.40 3.45 kilos uh, but um, for the day, that was the max. Yeah. Well, you have to, I think, you have to separate like what you can do in like the super condition and uh, what what you do like for the day. The day is best.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. You got to gain perspective, because yeah. on any given day, there's so many intangibles at play, and if everybody yeah. just had their, how many times if you just look at the nominations, if if it was just by like your your potential. We just got to send in nominations. You don't even have to show up. But look how many times we see jockeying around. It doesn't necessarily matter what your nominations say. Do you even go through nominations? Do you go through nominations to scout people when you see them come up? Do you even bother?
2: No. I I Usually, (laughs) the history has been like the the nominations are so... They can be like real cowboy stuff. It's like... (laughs) some (laughs) Some people are nominated at like... 840, 850 or something but they come and they don't seem to show up yeah yeah they do like 750 kilo total yeah but I think some people do it for ranking I would guess that they do like some nomination to get a better ranking spot so they yeah. end up in the prime in the, the the that, class.
0: yeah so they end up on the platform with all the big guys and they're on the screen
2: yeah. and whatnot. yeah so maybe some people do like that but it's uh, you, you usually you usually know when there's a good lifter, you usually have seen on like social media or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's a bit, a bit more secure way of knowing. Yeah. If something's good. Something. Because it, it's the same like when some people do like their nationals at home. They they do 860, 850, and then they come to the real worlds and they do eight hundred, eight ten.
0: Yeah.
2: So it's uh, it's so hard sometimes to to anticipate what, what somebody will do
0: it's the, if they're not,
2: if, if you don't know where you are.
0: And that's the benefit you get from having a European Championship. Because um, US Raw Nationals, it's a big competition in terms of like how many world champions are there and how many people are watching, yeah. but they don't have international judging necessarily. Some of the judges have international level, but the yeah. European Championship is yeah. international. Every- yeah, everybody's uh, international. So there is no, in terms of being used to the world championships and being used to internationally judged, it's there. Like these people have, you're not in, in your home nation and, and, they're, and they know you and whatever. This is all, you know, oftentimes foreign soil, you know, may or may not speak the language. You go through check, check-ins and stuff like that. Like it's, you're used to what the international feel feels like when you're coming from Europe. It's no big deal to yeah. travel to another nation, have to go through all these visas and all the rest of it, go through check-ins and whatnot, and then have international judges scrutinizing your death. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some people from the U.S. Um, talk about the U.S., uh, or sorry, the international judging Like, man, that squat death was tight. That was tough. <laughs> but a lot of you know, the Europeans were like, that's
2: weird. You're, we're used to yeah. that.
0: We're used to that. Yeah. You know, that, that is what mm-hmm.
2: it is. Exactly. Especially in in Sweden, we have, like, at our nationals, it's usually very many judges that have these international classes. Category 2 or 1 judges or what they're called. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: We have so many judges in Sweden, so we we are very used to having a high standard. Mm -hmm. If you can perform at the Swedish nationals, then you know how it will be at Worlds. Yeah, yeah. We have a very, like, strict judging or what you say well it's, it's it's actually according to the rule book but we have we have it very according to rules what sort you of say there's no given so we, we get used to it very fast
0: yeah um this time next year if we talk to each other this time next year what's going to be on your
2: resume mm. good question good question Hopefully, I can uh, do like to and sit with, with uh, gold medals. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> That's right. You you come in wearing your gold medals. So, That's right.
2: Like, turn on the camera. And there we
0: go. The champ is here. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we're talking about the SPD invitational, hopefully.
2: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I'd say it's hard to say, but uh, maybe, hopefully, some good lifts, uh, some new good sponsorships. Mm hmm. Stuff like that.
0: Sounds fair, my friend. Listen, I know um, we are mad late for, I had you for 90 minutes, and um, I we're pushing right into your, we're getting into your sleep schedule, sir. I've disrupted your sleep schedule, sir, but I much appreciate you coming on here. Um, before we and, let you go, um, is there anybody you want to thank? I know you got sponsors, and if people want to follow you, do you do coaching, by the way?
2: I don't do coaching. Okay. I uh, I don't do it. Okay. But I
0: always, I always let or, people shout out their coaching services just in case.
2: Yeah. No, just thank my, my sponsors, Excel uh, Big and the company I work at, the my, who support me very much. So thanks to, thanks to those guys. Uh, they, uh, what they provide for me, it really helps a lot. And I think it will show soon how, uh, how much it's help how much it's helping me with just, like, regular life.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, my friend. Well, listen, um, congratulations on the performance in Sweden. Nine for nine, silver medal in the most hyped competition of the world championships. Um, Really looking forward to the European championship in Lithuania. Good luck, (laughs) and we will will keep in touch, my friend.
2: Yeah, we will see each other in Belarus as well.
0: You bet. Talk to you soon, my friend.
2: Thank you. Thank you. See, See you, Mike. See you.
0: There you have it. My man Gustav Hedlund uh, being humble. He's right in the mix. This is a rematch between him and Anatoly. Anatoly is a phenomenal lifter. Uh, super nice dude. I would love to have him on the podcast. doesn't speak a lick of English. And we need a Ukrainian interpreter. Um, I was able to get Jezza on the podcast right after he won the world championships because roll up to his crew. His whole crew was around him. And I'm like, do you speak English? Do you speak English? Found a dude, like the fourth dude I asked. Yeah, I speak English. My man Jezza, can we go do an interview right now? Let's rock and roll. Dipped into a side room and me and Jezza belted off an interview. Um, But when I had Anatoly, um, I was asking around and and none of his boys really knew what I was talking about. And Anatoly wanted to, he's like, "Ah, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, you want a picture? I'm like, nah, well, sure, but that's more than that. So... Gonna try to get Anatoly, but yeah, I mean, him and Gustav had a hell of a show in Sweden. I'm sure they're gonna have a hell of a show in Europe. I'm not sure where Gustav is in terms of his total, and I'm excited to see because based off of his training, the way he's shifting this weight, he's right on point with those RPEs. Some people lie as RPE, and, he, and that was an RPE ten. This dude is right on point with his RPEs. You could tell by his sleep schedule, by his nutrition, he does not. He doesn't play. So if he says if the schedule says RP8, he's RP8. Judging off his his training numbers, I mean he could have a massive day at the European Championship. It's a good preview to the World Championships, and on top of that, and totally, in terms of what he might be bringing, he hit a 50 last year's Europeans. Hit a 52 and a half at the Worlds. We don't know where his top end is. It's got to be more than 852 because he hit 850 in 2018. Um, so I mean, and anything can happen any given day. These two fellas, number one and number two from the World Championships, are gonna rematch, and I'm expecting they're gonna push each other, and it's gonna be explosive. Okay, so there's gonna be a battle here. My man Gustav's being humble, but he is definitely in the hunt for that gold medal. Um, so we'll see when we do the preview show. There are some other 93s of the European Championship that we gotta keep an eye for. We will have a preview show where we're gonna analyze it, and we'll give you guys the goods. Until next time, six-pack lap it Peace.